Welcome, marketing interns, to Podcast 50. That's a big number. But before we get to this great content, let me tell you about one of our favorite sponsors, MB Outdoors, an adventure lifestyle and apparel brand, shares the image captured by adventurers from all walks of life, planning your camping trip in the northern Minnesota or your kayak trip down the Colorado River. MB Outdoors is able to share your story with their brand that has the vision to share also the moments and the experiences with that family bonding and everything else that comes with it. Make sure to join MB Outdoors team by repping a shirt, a hat, or many of the other options on their website, mboutdoors.com, for your next adventure. Throw them a like and a follow at MB Outdoors Official, and use the promo code BACKPOCKET for 15% off. On to the next one. It, we got a nice PFP, a promo for promo this week. This week we're talking about Real Community Talks. They come out with an episode every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Uh, they're up there in uh, Toronto. They are a video and audio podcast dedicated to making real conversations with community influencers available to everyone. The idea behind RCT, Real Community Talks, is that if one-on-one conversations have the power to affect someone's future trajectory, why not make those conversations accessible to all? We meet with some of the dopest, or they meet with some of the dopest influencers across the greater Toronto area, who by the world, uh, who by the world's standards, uh, maybe micro level influencers, but they know that they're doing macro level things. Each Tuesday night, they dive into guests' life, talk process, and get it, and get to explore their unique story, which molded them into the person they are today. Sounds a lot like us. The stories you hear are not necessarily formula uh, are not necessarily formulas for success, but examples of individuals who are making their dreams possible despite obstacles. They firmly believe that everyone has a unique story that could potentially change someone's entire perspective on their circumstance. Go ahead and check them out on their website, which is uh, realcommunitytalks.com, or their YouTube channel, which is also, if you just search uh, Real Community Talks, they're on Instagram, at Real Community Talks, and uh, their host, Matt Silva is an absolute stud. Go check him out. He's got on some really cool guys, and they just started it's their third episode. So go go get after that. But before that, get after this episode right now. Let's roll that intro music. I'm just an ordinary average guy. My friends are boring, and so am I. We're just average guys. Today is Sunday, May twentieth. And the boys from the back pocket have hit podcast 50, Declan. How are we? We're good. We could be better, though. We absolutely could be better. It is Sunday after graduation, and it's another hashtag, send it Sunday. But before we get to any of our podcast today, because we got a sweet podcast, we got to talk about this, man. Our graduation yesterday, the ceremony, the commencement speech, everything was going so well. And Winbald, and Winblad, sorry, gets up there, gives a... It's just hammering home a great talk, and she's talking about entrepreneurship, and she drops Declan, and she was talking about us. She gave us a shout out. I have no, I had no idea. Yeah, she she, was, she, she said what was it like entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs that already have their own businesses like Declan and Andrew, and Scott Ballard, which is Skyline Specs. So all the sponsor and the podcast got a shout out in front of like ma- masses yesterday. Yeah, but she she butchered your name, and at first I didn't realize that. The Andrew that she said was me, because uh, you're, I didn't process that Declan, was it, that she said? Right? Declan, yeah. Declan. Like mowing your lawn, Declan. Yeah. 
and I didn't realize that that was you until Steve looks over at me and he says, they just butchered Declan's name, but you got a shout out. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's me, Andrew. Sweet. <laughs> that, that was me. <laughs> no, every, everyone. Yeah, right. We are entrepreneurs, I guess. That that's, turns out that's what that's all that about. That checks out. Yeah, that checks out. What was just so funny, though, was the fact that I was, like, listening, but she just, like, ran over it so fast. Like, Declan and Andrew, like, she said it like it was her job. And everyone just, like, looked at me. I'm like, did she just, like, shout me out? Like, I, I had no idea. And it didn't shock me either because, you know, everyone, you know, gets to poke fun of me that, or pokes fun of me the, the rest of the day, you know, calling me Declan and everything and congratulating me. You know, just a great icebreaker for all the parents and everybody. Um, but it was... Uh, that's happened my whole life. I don't think I've ever had someone just not call me by any. I've had I've been called pretty much everything but Declan, a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. Like when you get the substitute teacher, like in I don't know in uh, like elementary school or middle school, D Clan was usually where where I lied, um, and then Declan I heard that one a million times. So hey, nothing new here. Carry on. Wait, we imb- controversies air we breathe. Yeah, and uh, shit. She knows now that it's Declan because she's coming on the pod. Yeah. And she's for sure she, coming on. She knows that she's just a really impactful person. She was our commencement address, and she, like, touched down in Silicon Valley and totally made it is what it is today. Yeah, she's like the godmother of Silicon Valley, like, was hanging out with Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, like, when they all started, mm-hmm. um, which is super cool. So, yeah, we definitely got to get her on. She sounds, her story looked, sounded just absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely. But uh, trapping the puck on Ann Winblad. It's Sunday, Sunday, and it's a graduation in review. We sent it yesterday. We, we sent it on Saturday. We sent it on we'll Saturday. Yeah. Hands raised on that. Hands are fully raised, and you can probably hear a little bit in our voice right now. It's it's you know, we, there was so, it was a late hour. We were in the wee hours of the night talking podcast, talking graduation in review. It was a content, content, content type day. You could also argue that we did send it today already because we were up until like 2 or 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. on Sunday morning. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for all the listeners that have listened to thus far, and you're now five or six minutes into this episode, um, the elephant in the room is out on this. Uh, we are definitely hungover, and that was a wild time. Uh, so we apologize for acting hungover, or actually we're not acting, we just are. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, whatever we are. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was sweet. I, I just had a lot of dirt in my nose this morning, though, which that sucked. Mm-hmm. That was not fun. And so we, we had a tent because... Uh, we didn't know if it was going to rain, so we got a tent, and my backyard is not really a backyard, just kind of like dirt and like small blades of grass, like barely covering the backyard. Grass is a super overstated thing, but yeah. Sure. And uh, we were just kicking up dirt inside that tent all night because we had a massive dance party, and now everyone that w- attended the dance party has dirt in inside their nose because you're just breathing it and in your throat yeah i blew my nose this morning because like oh my god i'm so stuffed like is it the allergies is it whatever i blow my nose and i it was just black just black in the tissue i was like oh my god there's a lot of dirt in my nose that's not fun um but yeah it what a day right i mean it was just phenomenal we're now uh full-time podcasters which is wild allegedly allegedly but it's pretty nostalgic you know ha- wrapping it up uh graduation we've been here for four years it's it's pretty memorable. We've done some pretty memorable stuff. We've done some average things. Yeah. At the end of the day, there were some really cool things, and there were some probably not so cool things. And at the end of the day, it we was an average, average experience, right? And uh, before, and I, are you trying to transition to nostalgia? Always. Are we trying to transition to average quality first? Yes. <laughs> All right. So average quality first before nostalgia segment because we have a lot of nostalgic things that we need to reflect on now that we're graduates mm-hmm. uh, of St. Thomas. So. 
the first thing, I mean, is our average quality is we're doing Send It Sunday for the second week in a row when uh, I think most marketers, most people uh, listening to this are probably shocked and probably like, why didn't they just space this out a little bit? Um, but, you know, we, we're like, dude, Josh Perry kicks ass. We're not going to change it. We, we love what we do, and we're just going to keep it going. Yeah, it's, there's a really consistent theme going from Scott Christman to Josh Perry, and I thoroughly enjoy Josh Perry, and he deserves a send it Sunday. So we had to go back to back, and nothing wrong with that. It's yeah, there's nothing wrong with it content wise. I guess if you were to market it a little different, you probably like space out your brand new segment of a Sunday send it Sunday podcast drop. Probably do that like two or three weeks now, from now. Now we can hype a back to back. Yeah, now we're we can, going back to back. Yeah, we we built some momentum. So mm-hmm. I guess you can look at it both ways. Thus, the average quality is us deciding what to do with Ascended Sunday and just uh, pretty much just going about our day. Yep. <laughs> we sent it yesterday. We're sending it again today. And I know our marketing interns are sending it. And we just got to hit home this nostalgic segment. Ra- go- going back to what I was talking about earlier. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, all good. There was so much that happened over these past four years, and then even now these past two years with the podcast, it's just, and it's been incredible. I just would love to talk about it. Yeah, and it's, I mean, we got a couple things written down, but honestly, we can take this to whatever extent we would like. Mm-hmm. I, w- I will start with, uh, I went to a 24-hour fitness, uh, like, let's see, probably two or three years ago, and in the Lost and Found was this long sleeve Cornell shirt, and I just grabbed it because I was like, yeah, this is cool. Um, so I grabbed it and I started wearing it. And then when I, so we started hanging out like what freshman or sophomore year, you just like absolutely loved that Cornell shirt. And I was like, yeah, thanks. And yeah. then you're like, my dad went to Cornell and then, uh, anything else after that? And I got a Cornell shirt and, and now then, we wear it whenever we have like a big time event. It's our jerseys. It's our jerseys. It's our attire. Yeah. And now that's, that's literally the back behind the story behind that, the, the nostalgia behind it, I guess. What does nostalgia even mean by the way? I know you looked it up earlier. Yeah. It's nostalgia is uh, a sentimental longing or wistful affection for the past, typically for a period or place with happy personal associations. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, just having that story and just it's sim- the simplicity of it, right. but the the love we have for those shirts and, like, why we wear them, it's just, just <laughs> a, it's, it's unique. And, like, we don't have any affiliation to Cornell besides, oh, I get kind my of. Dad Your dad there. went there. My but sister you and I, does go there. Yeah. So I, we do have a lot more affiliation but than most. To the podcast. <laughs> has no affiliation. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's hilarious. Yeah. <clears throat> I want to talk about our handshake. I think that, yeah, just one of those. It's a soccer handshake. You just embrace the, the, uh, the palm of a hand, and yeah, it's, it's a collapse. For those of uh, our audio listeners right now, bad podcasting. This is super bad podcasting, but um, yeah, you just, you pretty much just are locking hands, and I think that's how your, your hands were meant to shake this way, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, and yeah, just being firm and just sticking it out there for everyone to see, instead of like doing all kinds of tricking stuff, and it's just plain and simple, mm-hmm. and it it's definitely nostalgic, because we do that all the time. It's our greeting, whenever we see each other, soccer handshake, whenever we say goodbye, soccer handshake, whenever we kill a segment... Soccer handshake. Any picture we take, soccer handshake. We just posted an Instagram yesterday when we did it, and that was the most likes we've ever gotten on a picture. Yeah, like for over three hundred and. Like I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking at this photo we have, the collage we have behind us, and, and we're doing it right here. We're doing it right here. We're doing it right there. We're doing it right here. There's, there's <laughs> three of them, on the, in the collage. In the collage, we gotta make another one of these. By the way, yeah, season one collage is phenomenal. Season two collage will be even better. Yeah, another nostalgic thing. Uh, I don't know if this is necessarily this happy, um, but we found out like we don't actually need a producer to produce a podcast. Mm. Um, I mean, you do a lot of the producing, but it doesn't mean like you. We don't need someone listening. We don't need a separate person. It would be nice. We don't need it, 
wants versus needs. Wants versus needs. I think Perfect. want would be having one, but the early on we thought we needed it, and it was hilarious. I mean, that is just something to think about. We had Steve coming in. We call him thirty minutes before we did a show. Like, are you coming? Like, he would. We always have to beg him to come in here and just kind of like work the audio in the background, <laughs> act like he's doing something yeah. while we're. <laughs> and then when he wasn't here, we got Mark to come, and then we got Greg to come. And we had Hunter Morosi for President Sullivan. Like we needed, like we we thought we, we were like someone. freaking out because we were like, "Holy cow, we need uh, someone to listen to the audio." Yeah. <laughs> we just couldn't trust it. I, that was the funniest thing ever, though. When we picked Hunter up in the, we just grabbed one of the like a random football kid in the in the where we were eating. And we're like, mm-hmm. "Hey, you need to come with us at noon to interview President Sullivan." At the time, it was a huge deal. Actually, still is a big deal. So shout out to Hunter. That's a big deal. Good mm-hmm. for him. Uh, another thing. The burritos post workout. So, <laughs> Andrew and I uh, are average guys as far as uh, weightlifting. So we lifted about the same amount of weight, and uh, always we're working out at six a.m. for football. Back was this junior year when we this first was junior started. Junior year spring. Yeah. The so very first like twenty episodes of the podcast. Or yeah. Whatnot. Yeah. For, yeah. Probably first like ten whatever we did that semester. Um, but yeah, that was so funny because we would go work out at six a.m. Andrew had a class, probably like a 9.35 class or something like that. Yep. Yeah, so I had a 9.35, so Andrew and I would get done working out at around 8, so we'd have like an hour and a half to kill, and we would just go and grab burritos, and we would sit down in like a booth nearby and just talk numbers and talk podcasting. The early times of the podcast, just trying to figure out what to do with it, because again, like we've said many times, we were just trying to find our identity, so we would sit there three times a week. Crunching numbers. Crunching numbers, eating these burritos. It was pretty cool, though. It I mean, was that's, really that's cool. What we were able because we thought we were super busy. I mean, we probably could have made more time in the day for it, yeah. but it was a perfect time slot to like right when after we had just gotten swole, yeah, feeling ready and lively, and then getting after it, business work right away before we get to class. Yeah, and I think that was super tough too, or super necessary too, because if you think about the stuff we were talking about, it was like, hey, what's your what's your battle with iTunes right now? Uh, you know, hey, what's uh, what's going on with, like, Twitter and Instagram? You know, so we had a lot of stuff that we had to figure out right away, and we needed to have those kind of meetings. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I mean, getting messages over text is not as reinforcing. You don't get as much done as when it's just, like, you and I sitting next to each other working on this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was just so funny because you'd be like, dude, frick, can't, still not on iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, how do we start a website? Like, here's another one that I really like, too, is uh, coming up with our domain name. Yourbackpockets.com. How yes. long did we sit down and, and went through all about, the options? It was like the back pocket taken. The back pocket podcast. That'll be 20 bucks. Oh, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> what can we do? And we didn't want to do the back pocket podcast.com. I think that's just way too, uh, it was just longer. Right? It was, yeah, I mean, it was it too long. And if like we were able to branch off and do other things, right. we didn't know where we were going to take it at that time. Yeah. So having the back pocket, we which was our first choice was it was like 1400 bucks and yeah. we're like no way we're gonna buy that off you stupid url.com yeah it was like Whatever. a U- yeah a url website that buys domain names and the back pocket was like we were trying to sell it to him for like he was trying to sell it to us sorry for like three thousand mm-hmm. i remember i left him a message asking um if we could just have it for free because we're college kids and he's like uh no, like you you can't just have something that we sell for free. Mm-hmm. So sorry about that. Whatever, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but I think the overarching, most nostalgic thing that we could talk about right now, after with graduation coming to a close, is the 18th hole. Come June 1st, will no longer house the boys, and that means the Washington Capital number one, numero uno, will have to be shut down, and we'll have to get Washington number number two. 
We're going to call it the Washington again, correct? Yes. Okay. And we're going to call it Washington 2.0? I think so. Perfect. Mm-hmm. That's all right. Glad we got that out of the way. Now reflecting. Yeah, this place, we're done. It's it's slanted. It has so much crap on the ground. And it's just got, everything has a story in this room. It's the coolest thing ever. It's right now, which is pretty cool. It's like the perfect temperature. Oh, like May. It's blessing us. May gives us like a little, like a, a one-month period where we have good weather. It's not cold. And it's not steamy hot. It's like, it's got that perfect, it's incredible right now. Yeah, and it's so small. Like, we took uh, Austin awesome. in here, mm-hmm. Austin Doomer, MB Outdoors, the CEO of MB Outdoors. We took the CEO of MB Outdoors in our podcast room, and he was like, dang, this place is tiny. And we're like, yeah, because it's good for audio. You got to have a tiny space. Yep. It's just got a lot of natural, natural light. Natural light, yeah. yeah. It's just everything around here. We'll probably bring most of it, but we're definitely going to have well, to yeah, leave our mark. Leave. We have to leave our oh, mark somewhere. Right. We should, like, are we going to, like, spray paint the wall or something? Yeah. Like, we should just spray, we should turn that logo into a stencil. Yeah, we could just cut that out. Or we could do it. You know what I'm saying? Do a different board and stencil and then spray and paint s- over it. Yes, just stencil a, yeah. stencil a back, the back pocket logo and spray paint it on here. That'd I'm be sick. That. That's a good idea. I love this place. Yeah, I'm going to miss it, dude. It's going to be, it's going to be tough to leave, but we have a sweet new place lined up. We're in uptown Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. It's going to be sweet. But yeah. that's the past. Right now we're in the future. Or right now, <laughs> right, right now we're in the present. We are in the future. <laughs> it feels like my mind's in the future. But I'm, <laughs> I'm living in the present. And I'm embracing this moment. And I'm loving what we're doing right now. Um, so we just got to remember that. Everything that we went through is able to get us to what we are today. And we just got to love what's going on right now. It's the, we have two, two recordings left here. One right now. One next week. And then we'll be done here. But... Let's let's love send it Sunday right now. Yeah, let's just be here. And uh, what's right now is Josh Perry. Josh Perry is just the coolest dude ever. Um, if we're gonna line it up for you guys, he is cooler than us, obviously. And it's just not even close. Like the guy is just so cool. Um, BMX biker from North Carolina. Uh, anything else that's like super interesting about him? Oh, duh, the four brain tumors. He's he has two brain tumors, one on each or uh, two on each side. And he tells a story about how that all came to be and what he ended up being diagnosed with. A lot of stuff. He's a, he's a class act. And we're already, he just helped. He's helping us. We're helping him. It's incredible just what his message was and how we've stayed in touch and our contact growing forward. Uh, this is going to be a really cool week. I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited for you guys to hear this interview. He's got an awesome message. Lock in. Find your golden nugget. Find what influences you. And have a great 45 minutes with Josh Perry. Enjoy. Marketing interns lock in this week. We got a massive guest, Josh Perry. Can we call you Josh or is it Joshua? Yeah, Josh is great. Okay, Josh Perry, a professional BMX rider, former professional BMX rider, um, health enthusiast, um, a guy who's riding uh, with four brain tumors. We're going to hear his story today and the great stuff that he's giving back and doing a, um, for everybody um, currently. Um, so welcome to the podcast, Josh. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, and I appreciate the opportunity to share. Yes, and um, so we love starting off our interview with an average quality because it kind of hones in on what we're about, and we love hearing what our guest believes that they think is an average quality. So our first question would be, what is your average quality? Um, I think it's just giving back, you know, give back what I receive, and I feel like that's the uh, equation for success. You know, you got to be able to 
give and to return is the uh, law of cause and effect. So I'm uh, just trying to give back as much as I, uh, I gain. Hey, we appreciate you giving back to us today, helping us inform our marketing interns and as well as us. I mean, we love these interviews. Um, for the main fact of just growing individually because we hear your story and um, just like, what we expect is, I mean, we'll, we'll hear some golden nuggets, some things that we'll take away and we know our marketing interns, hopefully they'll take some really interesting things away as well. Awesome. Sounds great. Yeah. So um, getting into it right away, uh, you're a pro BMX athlete. Um, we want to know, we do our research. We pride ourselves on doing research on the back pocket. We know you're born in uh, Massachusetts. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, awesome, love it. Um, so, how did you like develop a passion for BMX riding and the action sports lifestyle? So, I've been playing sports um, since T-ball, like most you know most kids, and uh, on the school sports, you know, basketball, baseball. Never played football, but I enjoyed playing football, so I played like the rec league, all that stuff. But um, I actually started out skateboarding and rollerblading just you know for random fun. You know, I was like uh, 10, 11, 12. And then uh, when I was 13, I got my first real BMX bike. And then it just, I saw um, my older cousin, his friends, you know, riding BMX. It looked fun. I got one for Christmas that year and then it uh, just started there. It just became a pretty big uh, interest that turned into like a, uh, one of my top hobbies and then that became a passion. And then how did you take that passion and make it a full-time professional job? What was the path of going from an amateur um, action sports per, uh, athlete into the professional field? So, like I said, uh, it was like uh, sophomore, junior year, where I, uh, no, sophomore year in high school where I quit playing uh, school sports and started, you know, riding regional and national amateur contests and making a little bit of money and then uh, got bumped up to the pro uh, level of competition and then decided to drop out of high school and move 13 hours south to Greenville, North Carolina. My parents supported me every step of the way. They knew that, you know, uh, school would always be there, but this opportunity wouldn't, so I took a massive risk. I left a landscaping job, making really good money back in Cape Cod for you know any age, and I was actually going to a tech school, so I was in school two weeks and then working two weeks at that point, um, being set up to run my own business one day. I was taking over the business I was working for and just uh, felt the urge to follow a dream and just took a risk and sent it. Awesome. That is phenomenal. Did you get any kind of backlash when... Uh, you're telling your buddies, people at high school, you know, the talk of the town, Josh Perry, dropping out to ride bikes? Yeah, I mean, there was, you know, of course, people that supported me. Like I said, my family was very supportive. And then, you know, friends were here and there supportive. Or like, yeah, that's cool, but, like, you should probably, uh, you know, get another backup plan or something. Actually, my dad, even though he was supportive up until about four years ago, always told me, like, hey, yeah, so what's your backup plan? You got a plan B, you know? Um, but then four years ago, he was like, yeah, like, you seem to have things figured out. It, you know, it's working out, so just keep doing what you're doing. I got faith in you. But yeah, there's always the people that are just, you know, like anything. They just doubt you because that's how they see their life. They doubt what they're capable of, so then they project it onto you. So there's lots of that. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess kind of give us kind of a time frame. So you, uh, as a sophomore, what year was that when you decided to drop out of school? Or when? what, what year was it when you dropped out and became a professional writer? So... 2006, uh, yeah, 2006, 2007. I was supposed to graduate in the 2000s, or yeah, 2007 ish. I, I don't know. I went to school because of my birthday. I was a little later than the other kids in my grade. So, yeah, technically my graduating year was 2007, and that's the beginning of the year. So, the story goes I was on a trip for a month. My first, um, 
you know, first month of my uh, senior year, and my mom got a notice saying I was expelled for missing too many days in a row with the opportunity to come back next year. So I was already in North Carolina uh, training and riding and all that, and then that's when I made the decision. Well, all right, well, I'm not going to come back. I'm just going to stay here. And um, I ended up getting my GED like four years later. But, yeah, it was like 2006, seven um, era that I, yeah, that's when it all went down. Awesome. And what were those first few uh, years on the tour like? What, what was the atmosphere what was like making you nervous, making you excited? I'm just really curious about that aspect. So it was, uh, you're in arenas, you know, back then everything was indoors and in major arenas around the States and it's just uh, really nerve wracking because one, you're excited, so nerves come into there, but then you're on, you know, television, national television and you got massive crowds watching and, um, you know, even doing demos, you know, we do a lot of NFL, NBA demos, things like that. So you have like thousands and thousands of people watching. So you're like nervous already because you're riding in front of your idols who are, you know, older than you. You're like, yeah, at the time I was a teenager. Um, and then you're like, you know, massive amount of people watching. So you're like, oh man, I don't want to mess up. Like, you know, you're just nervous, but exciting. But like then all the TV cameras are there. So it's like this whole new world and you're just like, oh wow. Like it's just... It's a roller coaster of emotions, but overall, it's just super positive, and it was uh, an experience I was, you know, grateful to have. Awesome, that's so cool. So, um, I know you were on the Dew Tour. Um, how many years were you competing in the X Games for? Um, so, I actually only competed X Games once. And oh, wow. It was the year before I got diagnosed and had the surgery, and then after that, it just—I'm not really sure because I was still competing in Dew Tour and uh, you know other contests around the world. So. Um, the best way to put it, it's like a lot of things. It's political, and different brands represent different riders and all this and that. So, um, you know, who knows? But uh, the year I got into X Games was 2009, and that was after I had my my rookie breakout year. Um, not technically rookie year, but it was like the first year I won a major contest, and then was you know getting main, mainstream coverage and doing really well. And I rode X Games, and then yeah, the surgery was the uh, following year. Okay. Wow. So. Um when you're on tour actually one more specific x games question uh did you ever get to hang out with sal mascala no i saw that in the notes <laughs> I, i've never watching him since i was a little kid but i never got to i don't even know if i ever really ran into him oh. uh, i've already seen him but he was busy so i didn't get a chance to talk to him but yeah no, that would be cool <laughs> so can you uh, i've been trying to tell my friends like Sal Mazzucchello was, like, the face of X Games. Like, I used to – I watch X Games all the time. Like, I followed all the bikes, all, everything. Uh, everything from, like, your Dave Muir to Travis Pastrana, like, everything. Yeah. And Sal Mazzucchello, dude, like, face yeah. of X Games. I mean, he yeah, wasn't, he like – face of it. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't, like, anything special, but he's just – it's just Sal Mazzucchello. You got to – can you yeah. reinforce that? What's that? Can you, can you back me up on that? Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like I said, I was watching this before I even really rode BMX, you know, the way I do now, and yeah, he's always been there. I actually haven't seen him in a while, so I don't know what happened with that, but... No, yeah, he's not on the X Games anymore. He's doing, like, ETV or something. I don't know. He, uh, he, he yeah. changed He changed pace that. a little bit. Not that I'm keeping track, but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was there anyone um, in those initial years that kind of took you under your wing and was, like, a mentor to you during your early stages in the, uh, uh, action sports? Yeah, so, um, you know, looking up to Dave Muir was, you know, being able to hang out with him and ride and just kind of feed off of him as a mentor just from being around him was, you know, definitely one of those. But then um, his good friend, uh, Mike Laird, who became, you know, he's all obviously like a, a legend in BMX. He was in Dave Muir's video game and all that, but he definitely uh, took me under and just kind of um, helped me develop my skills mentally and on the bike and just taught me a lot and, 
just through that, you know, I get exposed to so many different things in riding and uh, definitely my riding wouldn't be what it is um, today without the two of them. You know, uh, I always say Mike was the good cop, bad cop was, or the bad cop, then Mira's good cop. So you had good cop, good cop, bad cop going on with like encouragement positively and then like the, um, you know, like the talk shit, like trying to push you because mm-hmm. he knows you're capable. So it was always back and forth. But then when Dave would talk to you more in a positive manner, he's like, hey, you should try this. He's like, it's Dave Mayer. You can't say no. But then Mike would be like, come on, do it. Like, do all this, like, shit talking and myself. So uh, it was definitely the two of them. Uh, and then I got to travel a bunch with uh, the both of them, but uh, doing a lot of shows, like demos and stuff on the road with uh, Mike. And, uh, so definitely, yeah, the two of them were the biggest influences I had. Awesome. That's so phenomenal. I love that. So um, now we're talking more, like, into your crash. I know you had mentioned it earlier. And that is like a big time pivotal moment, not only in your life, but in your career as well. Um, so kind of walk us through that. Um, I believe it was in March of 2010. Is that correct? Yep. Nice. Crushing so research. the crash, uh, first and foremost, it taught me two major things that I believe today. And that's health is internal, not just numbers on a scale or on a piece of paper. And that health or, uh, life is all about perspective and choices. And there's so much to go into that. But the crash was in March uh, 2010, like you said, and I was just training, you know, a normal day. I was practicing a trick on the foam hit, did it 10 times in a row perfectly. I felt great, so I went to the real ramp to try it. And, um, sorry, Castro, I jumped on me. I uh, over rotated out of fear for under rotating. And actually, you know, when I over rotated, I got like sent to my shoulder and whiplashed my head. A year prior, I've been going to the urgent care and emergency room with, you know, due to headaches and vision loss and nausea and all this stuff. And they're like, oh, you're fine. You know, here's some pain pills. You know, go home. Uh, it's just a normal part of life. A lot of people live that way. And I was ignorant. But I was like, don't I need, like, a CT scan or an MRI, an X-ray or something? Because I don't, I don't feel like that's normal. Um, but, you know, thankfully, moving forward, I hit my head. It resulted in a concussion. Had to get an MRI. Finally, it checked out that MRI was required. Um, they came back. You know, they said that the scan looked all right as far as the TBI goes. There was no swelling or bleeding, nothing to be worried there. But there was a large mass that shouldn't be there. And at the time, they weren't sure if it was cancerous or benign. But none of that mattered to me. When you're told you have a brain tumor and you're 21, uh, you're alone, it's, uh, you know, you think life's over. And, uh that's that's how that went. Holy smokes! That's insane. That's not. We're twenty one right now. That I can't yeah. imagine getting that kind of feedback yeah. or anything like that. Um, how was like that struggle, like battling with, you know, the doctors telling you over and over that you're fine, like this is a part of life, and you're over here on the other side. You know, not as educated, obviously, but knowing something's wrong. These are your feelings. These are something that you're physically going through. How did like how was that experience? What what did you do to cope? What you anything? Um, yeah, so it's uh, it's nothing that I want anyone to ever experience because I just I was starting to believe that I was, you know, suffering was normal and that what felt good wasn't possible for me anymore. And so, being young, uh, twenty one, you know, I was able to drink. I was living in Greenville, North Carolina, East Coast um, or East Carolina University, big party town. Uh, I lived the lifestyle. I didn't go to class, but I, you know, I was a professional athlete traveling the world on TV and, you know, doing all the cool stuff. And then at night we'd party. So I started slowly developing a drinking habit because I noticed for every beer I'd have, the pressure, my brain would start decreasing and the headaches would go away to the point where it got to where I wasn't even getting drunk anymore. It just became a habit of, okay, this is what I do because I'm not suffering anymore. And 
I wasn't mixing it with pain pills. I don't. I couldn't even take them because when I my body just doesn't you know do well with them. I throw up. And actually, uh, interesting story. The last time I went to the urgent care before I fell and got the MRI, I finally took the pain pills because it was that bad. This time, it progressed so much that on the way home, I projectile vomited in the car and had to pull over to the uh, the grass and start throwing up so much that um, I guess blood vessels ruptured, and I was just throwing up pure blood to where now I think suffering is normal, but now I think I'm dying because I'm like coughing up you know a crazy amount of blood. Um, but yeah, it just. Uh, it just that yeah I don't know it's it was insane. What was what was it that helped you along this process? I what what clicked that, that like made you start to see maybe a light at the end of the tunnel or some brightness towards your day because you're going through a lot at this time and I mean it's a lot of negative feelings throughout your day. Was there anything that kind of helped you during this process? Yeah, so you know obviously friends and family uh, being supportive, but you know specifically a girl I was dating at the time. She was, you know, on point with just being there as much as she could. And then one of my, you know, good friends, he was always there to help if I needed, you know, a ride to the doctor's office like that. You know, he was there. Um, but up leading up to, you know, the diagnosis, um, it, it was just the vision I had for my life in BMX. Like that's that's really what kept me going. You know, I wanted to. I was living my dream, you know, freshly, and I wanted to maintain that. And so when the pain wasn't there, when my vision was okay, I would go ride. And then after the diagnosis, it was almost like the diagnosis. At first, it was like end of the world, life's over. This is the worst thing that ever happened to me. But then it was like, all right, well now here's here's a reason. Like we know what's the problem. So you know, it, it turned into no longer fear, but more of this is what I need to do in order to live my dream and have a chance at living my life. And so it just became you know what I had to do. Yep, and I feel like that's something a lot of people can relate to um, when they feel like their times are most difficult. Um, they resort to where they find most happiness. You, for you, is BMX riding. For us, it's podcasting. We be, we get behind the mic, and you know the daily struggle goes away, and uh, we get to enjoy someone's story. We get to tell our own story. Um, so that's really cool that you were able to going through that tough time. You still felt the passion to get out there and go on your bike and uh, experience what you really wanted to. Yeah, no, hundred percent. You just get lost in it. Mm -hmm. That's what that's what I love about it the most. That's awesome. Um, so then, I mean, you have this surgery, you get the tumors removed, correct? Yeah, so it was one large tumor wrapped around my main artery and my optic nerve, which was the reason why I was losing my vision. But uh, it was eight centimeters long, four wide, and two deep. Uh, and so it was supposed to be four hours of surgery, but it took six, and that was because once it got in there, you know, the complications of the artery and the optic nerve, they didn't want to risk hitting it because of stroke, paralysis, death, and um, a whole host of other things. So, um, yeah, it, uh, pretty, pretty intense. Yeah, that's crazy. So, I mean, post-surgery, you're feeling pretty good, I would assume, right? I mean, the, yeah, was, feeling on top of the world? I was home two days later, which they said that was pretty early, but I recovered very well, um, and I wasn't in pain. I woke up, and even after the pain meds, you know, from surgery and all that stuff wore off, I wasn't in pain, and I was like, wow. So first time in about a year or two, and I finally don't have headaches, and wasn't paralyzed, could see and uh, hear and talk, so I was, I was thrilled. That's awesome. So then uh, t now uh, you get diagnosed a second time in 2012. How was that information received for the second time? Because, like, you know, the first time you're sitting here like, okay, finally I got an answer. Let's get this thing, get, get rid of this thing. Now it's coming back a second time. What are your thoughts at that point? So, uh, yeah, I... 
I was back riding. I was actually in India when I found out I was doing demos over there with some friends. And my mom emailed me saying she had some news about a recent scan that she wanted to talk to me about later. And instantly I'm like, well, you shouldn't have said that because now I want to know what it is. And, uh, yeah, they said that they had found two new areas of regrowth, one in the front and one in the rear, the same side. And it was due to the complications of the, you know, the artery and the optic nerve and then water was hitting it. So, um, the cells weren't all collected and it was just regrowing, uh, back from that. At the time, you know, I was, I was back and you know, I was doing my thing. I was stoked. I was healthy. I was happy and, you know, living my dream. And so when the news came, it was almost like, oh, cool. Here it is all over again. Like those same feelings were there, but it was like, it didn't last as long. So the way I put it is like the first time it was like life's over. Like, wow. Okay. The second time was a little bit of that. But then I remembered what I did the first time and it was just like thinking about my vision. You know, I want to ride my bike. I want to, you know, I want to do this. So what do I do to, you know, use it as fuel and motivation? And so I was actually on a train ride home to, or train ride to the airport in India from the hotel because I left early uh, by myself. It was like seven, eight hour train ride, multiple stops. And I'm just sitting there soaking it in by myself. And the first half, you know, I'm in tears again. I'm just like, this sucks. Like, I don't know why me, you know, the victim mentality. And then the second half, I just started watching videos and listening to music, like writing videos and listening to my favorite music. And I was like, no, like, I'm not going to let this, you know, take me, take over and I'm going to get past this just like I did the first time, you know, thinking positive. It's not as bad this time. So, you know, let, let's do it. And then it just, it clicked and it just became motivation and went home and you know, got it sorted. That's another, like, we try to tell our pod, through our podcast, we try to tell the story of our biggest improvement is from one to two. Anything you do, podcast one to two. Uh, we played football, so it was like week one to two, season one to two, stuff like that. And to hear it from you during the most difficult time in your life, the mindset that you were able to deliver from having to going through this experience the first time to going through it the second time, that's really cool. And I love hearing that story. Um, and then it happens a third time. Um, yeah. Is that correct in 2017? Yeah, so to what you were just talking about, uh, to touch upon that real quick, you know, I think that's what BMX taught me very, very well because, you know, we fall down, you know, we want to do the tricks, so we get up, we try again. You know, it's so easily, you know, people could just quit. You know, like, why bother? Especially with injuries. And then so I've learned to treat pretty much anything in life with the analogy of BMX. Like, I always relate it to BMX and you know, I just treat any obstacle as a trick that I'm trying to learn. Um, and you know, my girlfriend always makes fun of me, says I'm crazy for, for doing that, but she <laughs> understands, but, um, it just makes sense to me. So it just, if you can approach life like that, like, you know, uh, getting to the next level, you know, it takes time, uh, of falling down to do it. So it just makes sense. Uh, and then the third time was February, 2017, it was just a routine scan. And, uh, they're like, yeah, so, you know, the other two, um, so backing up, 2012, the second time I had, they were too small, so the risk wasn't worth you know the surgery. So I had gamma knife radio surgery to treat it. The easiest way I can explain it is just a um, 180 degrees of radio radio waves that you know are targeted with a computer, and then they pinpoint the location to treat. And because of it, it's actually an outpatient procedure, but because of it, the tumors were shrinking for four years. The 2017 scan showed they had stabilized, which is best case scenario, no, no growing. They actually shrunk a lot and now they're chilling. But on the other side of the brain, there's two other areas that have grown that are about the same size as the other two from the original surgery. 
Wow. That's oh. crazy. So then did yeah. you um, did you have to do get any sort of surgery or um, process done on those new ones? No. So that, that time they told me now with all that being said, they think I have what's called neurofibromatosis um, or NF2 for short. Basically just a fancy way of saying I have a genetic disorder that creates brain and spinal cord meningioma tumors. Uh, it's a tumor that grows from the, the meninges layer of your skull and uh, your spinal cord lining. Um, that being said, this whole journey has really taught me the power of nutrition, fitness, and mindset as a holistic approach to health. And so when they told me that, okay, so we think it's a genetic disorder and, you know, um, the only way to tell for sure is a biopsy, but that requires surgery and toxins and all that. Uh, the first thing that came to mind when it was like genetic disorder was what I've learned with epigenetics, basically the expressions of genes and how you can change it with lifestyle factors, with food, your mental state and exercise. And so I was like, all right, I've been learning a lot about the ketogenic diet through different people like Dr. David Perlmutter, um, Dave Astro, the Bulletproof, Mark Sisson, Primal Blueprint Dude, and all this stuff. So I was like, I've, I've been living high fat low carb for four years now thanks to Dr. Perlmutter's book Grain Brain um, but now I've never really taken you know 100% into keto like I've never really tried to get into nutritional ketosis and the lifestyle factors that match it with like the training patterns meditation you know digital stimulation reduction at night blue light like all this stuff so I was like alright this is the time so I went full head into it and um, you know I still live in that what they call the keto adapted lifestyle um, today and a year later a follow-up MRI showed no progression with the two of them um, the other two were still stabilized hadn't moved or grown so um, yeah I believe that's why I believe so much in uh, holistic health it's just it's so powerful because it's the biggest choice we have and now the science of showing that you can actually change the expression of your genes to turn on and off different things in the body is crazy that's what worked for me so that's um I guess you might have just explained it right there for like us, us guys and everybody who don't know exactly what the ketogenic diet is. Um, is it pretty much what you just explained how it's you be, you're eating certain things and really monitoring everything that you're putting in your body and that um, result is controlling like your genes and stuff like that or how, how does it specifically work? So yeah, gene expression is just a byproduct of different changes you can make, but the ketogenic diet basically is the transformation of your body and your brain burning glucose so from carbohydrates to fat which a byproduct of that is called ketones and that's what when you can get your body to adapt uh, to it properly your brain and everything else just runs so much smoother on it the way the best way to put it is it's like looking at solar energy as in the form of being able to burn fat properly and opposed to carbohydrates and sugars as like a campfire with lots of smoke think of that as like oxidative stress and inflammation so when people say they're on the ketogenic diet, it's not just a low-carb diet, high-fat diet. It's a process in which you train the body and the brain to properly switch over to burning fat to produce ketones, which you know is easier for the mitochondria to produce energy and you know anti-aging, decrease inflammation, and all this different stuff. But the effects it has on gene expression is crazy. And I mean, I'm still obviously learning so much. Um, I'm at the beginning of it, but uh, it's it's super powerful and that's what I went with and it's been working well for me awesome and so kind of honing everything together so you gathered everything you learned from your BMX riding you gathered everything you learned from the health struggles that you went through and that's kind of catapulted you into um, personal health and how to properly go about this process 
Uh, can you tell us where you are today with what your what your endeavors are? What's your what are you trying to help us out with right now? Yeah. So my biggest thing that I've learned is you know about perspective and choices. And I was living in a, a like a fearful, stressed out, selfish manner before. And so when people tell me that's going to be the worst thing ever happened to you, as in the diagnosis, two thousand ten. It honestly, in the, like the least cliche way, it's the best thing that ever happened to me because it changed my perspectives and my motives for my life 180. So my mission moving forward is just to share everything I've learned, whether it's about sports, fitness, mindset, nutrition, anything with other people because I believe in what you put out is what you get back and I just want to see people you know, doing well and I want to be able to you know, share that. So um, you know, obviously social media, uh, it's a, it's a free platform to reach the world and I utilize that as much as I can. And then that just translates to maybe the same form or longer form on my blog. Um, and then I also run a health coaching company where I work with people and organizations to make lifestyle changes to, you know, whatever it is their goals are. My focus is the brain health, which comes with so many benefits. Like, you know, most people want to lose weight. Well, that's easy when you focus on the brain because of the things you're doing to your body that are, you know, creating the, you know, the weight gain. It's all about prioritizing the brain, which, you know, everything comes, comes down from there. Um, so, and then, like I said, you know, I want to be able to support people. So the other project I have is, uh, you know, we're working on raising funds for it. We're at the beginning, but it's a collaboration with myself and the Athlete Recovery Fund, which is a nonprofit that helps action sports athletes with medical care. They helped me a lot in 2010. But we're working on developing a touring event that is like a wellness BMX event. So, you know, we want to have workshops for, you know, healthy cooking, smoothies, coffees, you know, meditation, yoga, fitness, and uh, games within all that, and music, and then a BMX performance at the end. The whole goal of that is to raise funds for direct patient care with brain tumors, brain injuries. There's plenty of research and awareness out there. A lot of the science is showing that there isn't a cure um, for these things, but now we're learning that there's choices we can make to prevent or reduce the risk and um, reverse symptoms or you know cure it in some cases. So I want to be that change to help the people that need it now, like I was you know in their shoes at one point. Um, and I want to use my passions to do so, so we, we can share information, you know, get people out there living healthy and support them along the way. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So what kind of, uh, I know you mentioned a little bit of public speaking, so where are you like traveling around doing some tours, talking to some people, or where are you, uh, um, what kind of in, invent or uh, what would they be called, uh, things that you're doing around around the world? So, yeah, public speaking is very new for me. Uh, I've spoken at the Electa headquarters, which is the Gamma Knife company that I'm actually the spokesman for now. Um, and then April 13th, I did my first, like, PowerPoint presentation talk in a, you know, a proper classroom or um, lecture hall to uh, the graduating class out there at the University of Florida. And um, it, it went really well. A lot of questions, and uh, we had a great time. But that's just another path that I'm trying to take. You know, I, I took a step back from competing last, uh, 2016 was my last year competing. I ended up 10th overall in the world standings, which was amazing. Um, that was right after ACL recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was four months recovery before I started riding. And then I had a month to compete. So I was super stoked on that. But my mission of helping people that's grown so, so much that I was looking at competing and the impact I'm having there. And it's not as much as I would like to have so that's where you know the blog the health coaching the charity tours and then now public speaking come into play and it's just 
my way of being able to have a larger impact on people, help people more. And um, yeah, so moving forward, that's it's very new. I'm going to like uh, Toastmasters uh, speaking yep. club. I just went for the first time last night, so I'm gonna start doing that more. And uh, moving forward with Electa as their spokesman, we um, we're getting ready to you know talk to different hospitals to get me out there, speak with the patients, the doctors, and just share my story and everything I've been learning just to see you know what I can do to help people. I love that. To- to- we haven't gotten into that yet, but Toastmasters has been recommended to us a few times. How was that your first time going up? But, you know, you got, you're going up there public speaking, and you got all these judges, quote unquote, ready to critique you. How was that experience? Yeah, so it was my first one, and I guess they're all a little different. So there's like, oh, like 10 and like a 20 minute radius of where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go check out more. Actually, tomorrow night's the next one, and then I leave Saturday for a week. I'll go to some more. But um, being a guest my first time, there wasn't too much of a spotlight for speaking. They're really agenda, like on point with different things they have. But until you're a member, I don't really know how it works as a guest. I, like at the end, pretty much all the guests get to introduce themselves. So I took that as my little one minute spotlight to mm-hmm. say something and, um, you know, spoke to people after that. But it seemed the way the presenters were that night, they had two presenters that were like full on, they practiced and had something organized. It seemed really cool because how it works with everyone's involvement with critiquing them um, was really cool to see and very helpful. And it's all real positive and supportive. So um, yeah, I don't know. I'm still learning. I'm at the beginning of it. So we'll see how they all go up and told that they're all different, but um, I've been also recommended to go from many people. So Very cool. That's phenomenal. Um, Another thing I'd like to ask, you mentioned a little bit earlier, things that you can prioritize to improve brain health. Um, What are some of those things that you can, sorry, you can improve in your daily life that will immediately or over time eventually start improving that brain health? Yeah, so I mean, obviously there's, you know, nutrition, which there's so many things in there. Uh, the, the, The biggest things with that is cutting out the toxic foods, you know, the processed foods, the sugars, the juices, even though that they're juice, the 100% organic, all that, still sugar, Mm -hmm. um, cutting out alcohol, you know, and, um, you know, like fast foods, all that good stuff, but then adding in the healthy fats, you know, so like avocado, avocado oil, grass-fed butter, which is, you know, a pretty conflicting thing to people's beliefs today, but the science of that's coming out, coconut oil, um, you know, nuts and seeds, all that good stuff. And then, you know, fitness. A lot of people think they need to do more, eat less, but that just creates a huge amount of stress in the body. So, you know, you're looking at cortisol, which is, you know, high inflammatory. Um, So you want to, you know, try to train properly and exercise properly, be able to rest appropriately as well. And then the third piece that I I like to see as, you know, three pieces, nutrition, fitness, the third piece is mindset. You know, so there comes so many things, your perspective, your self-talk. Do you doubt yourself? Do you talk down to yourself? Do you have stress and worries and fears without really assessing them and just living in autopilot, as we call? Um, are you living a life that's not fulfilling you, but you're living it out of fear or for um, you know other people in your life that think you should do that? So um, you know the biggest thing with choices is just the things we can do every day, and that's being mindful and conscious to them. And um, you know, like we talked about earlier, my 21 day meditation challenge, uh, new habit creation thing, I'm calling it is, you know, they say it takes 21 days to develop a new habit. Well, I'm, you know, trying to develop a habit of being regular in meditation and being conscious to, you know, my time in the now and emotions that come up, thoughts that come up, and the ability to know that I I don't have to give them power. I can just look at them as thoughts, like look at them as traffic going by, and I can participate in them if I want or I don't have to. 
So, you know, when it comes to everyday choices to help the brain, it's really just about creating homeostasis in the body and, um, you know, being conscious to what you're going through. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I love that. Um, And, you know, going back to like that whole mindset thing, I mean, uh, mindset has a lot of, um, it says a lot about it when, or a lot about you when, you know, something bad happens or when you experience failure. And that has a lot to do with fear as well. Um, So how do you maintain a positive or a motivated, consistent mindset when uh, things maybe aren't going your way? So two things. I I look at everything in life. I don't look at it as good or bad, black or white, failure or success. I look at it as a learning opportunity. And what can I learn from this? So if it's undesirable as in what people call failure, then it's like, what went wrong? You know, that's not what you desired. That's not the outcome you wanted. Well, what happened? What can you do to improve to create the desired outcome you want next time? And then, you know, like perspective, you know, and that goes back to looking at failures as learning opportunities. So it's just a matter of how you view the world. Um, Jim Carrey said it best, life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you, but you have to choose to see it that way. So that's one of my favorite quotes because it's, it, it comes down to my belief of life. It's all about choices. You can choose to see life from the victim mentality, or you can choose to see life from a survivor mentality and know that it's a, it's a journey. Like There's no destination. Like People say success isn't final. Um, you're, you're hardwired to want more, and if you settle for being at a destination, that's going gonna, gonna to wither away. So just looking at life as how can I learn to progress or overcome an obstacle, and how can I foster gratitude and you know, positive outlook on my life, and I think that's it. That's all. And we had a guy on our our on our show. I think it was November of last year. He was a meditation expert, Dr. Brendel. Um, so please go back and listen to that marketing interns. Fantastic interview as well. You'll love it. Um, but he was really focusing on the here and now and what you were saying. And when it when you're dealing with fear, when you're dealing de- uh, dealing with stress or even success. Um, noticing all the thoughts that come through your head and, and, acknowledging and acknowledging them. Exactly what you were saying earlier, that is one of the most difficult things to do, yet it seems so simple and it seems like we should be doing it all the time, but we don't realize that, hey, recognizing that I'm stressed during this situation, I don't need to act upon that right now, but note that and go back to it later when you feel like you're in a more comfortable state of mind to um, approach something on that sort of lines. Uh, and it's really cool hearing you talk about it as well because I just that full circle type thing is really cool. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And like, it's it's interesting because one of my my buddies, uh, he's uh, like a like a life coach, and he has all these different mental you know exercises. And one of them he just shared with me recently is called the Tear Method. So it's thoughts, emotions, actions, and results. So when you have an emotion like stress, fear, anxiety, or something, but what are your thoughts that are creating it? And back to fear, fear is just a thought. So if we can shift that thought, create a new new thought, we can create a new emotional response, which then creates a new action, which manifests into a new result. It's that simple, but it's so difficult. Um, it's a constant reminder. And that's where my meditation challenge is coming in for myself. Hopefully other people get onto it. Um, and as you guys saw, I've been writing a lot of in-depth um, you know, emotions or struggles or successes, whatever I'm going through to go with whatever that day brought about. But it really comes down to whatever you're feeling or, you know, um, yeah, whatever you're feeling, you just create a new thought that creates a new feeling and then go take action and then you'll get a new result. And it's, you know, the laws of the universe. So it's mm-hmm. just, if you are not happy with where you are right now, make changes and then you'll see a new outcome. And if you don't like that outcome, make another change. Look at it as, you know, a learning opportunity and you'll, uh, you know, manifest what you want eventually if you just keep taking action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we, we kind of do that in the sense of the law of averages, right? So if you have, 
if you have a lot of negative thoughts and only a few positive thoughts, your law of averages is going to be, you know, trending towards the negative side. However, if you make that cognitive choice to, you know, look at things more positively, have a learning uh, response to the bad things that happen, those law of averages will then trend in the positive direction. So I totally love what you're saying there. That's phenomenal. Um, now going more towards that other bad choice, that fear, you know, choosing to fear something. Um, obviously, I mean, you're a BMX rider, you're an action sports guy, has been, and you've been doing it for quite some time. My assumption is you fear nothing. Um, however, what, uh, what do you fear, if anything? Um, so I've been learning one of my biggest fears lately that I've been being conscious to and changing is my fear of letting, you know, the people that support me down. So I find the, I just finished it, but I'm using the Headspace app for meditation and I'm on, they have like different packs and tens or twenties. And I just finished up a 10 day pack on patience. And I was recognizing that I'm becoming impatient lately because of my expectations for my actions I'm putting in that aren't manifesting as quickly as I'd like them. But it's just because I'm expecting them to happen now and that that's opened up the doors for me to understand that my fear is letting, you know, the people that support me down. So, you know, when it comes to that, it's like my girlfriend um, and my, my immediate family. Like I work so hard because it's what I love to do and I want a new outcome in my life. But I find I become impatient because I'm fearing letting people down. I don't think I'm ever doing enough because impatience. So that's my biggest fear is just letting people down. Um, that I care about and they care about me and I'm learning that that's just a thought and in order for me to change that thought that's why I'm every day first hour I'm up I go outside by the lake in the sun my girlfriend and I do it together we do our meditation and um, just work on changing that thought and becoming more conscious to that impatience is just a thing and that we can give into it or not and it's been super helpful but yeah, it's, long story short that's, uh, that's like my biggest mm-hmm. fear getting okay. better about it I have one uh just uh, I wanted to talk about one thing real quick for, you know, meditation. How long do you meditate for? Um, so Average? anywhere from like 10 to 20 minutes. Okay. Um, 10 to 20 minutes straight, correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, so we've done a few times actually going back to what Andrew was talking about, about Dr. Brendel. Um, he used to come and talk to the football, like we used to play football and he used to come and talk to us and teach us how to meditate. Um, after like two years of doing it, you know, once or twice a, a year, football season, we kind of developed this tactic of like when you are meditating, you are in this space where you are trying to think about nothing. And that's why you focus on your breathing because it keeps you in that present moment. What we developed was um, the idea of when your thoughts drift, um, think of like a goalie trapping a puck. And then that, those are your thoughts. You trap your puck and keep yourself centered in your, in your, uh, in your mind. So that was just one of our, maybe some advice for you on how to do that, but maybe do you have anything for us and our listeners on how to meditate? Cause I mean, not everyone does this. It's kind of a new thing. Is there any kind of tips or tricks that you have for us? No, I love that. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what I've taken away from you, like I said, I've uh, been trying it on my own before guided ones, this and that, um, this meditation app, one of the first things they teach you about is two different things. One, a technique called noting. So it's if you have thoughts come up, it's just note them. Just notice them and just move on to the next one. Um, the other thing is to look at your thoughts. Like I mentioned earlier, as you're sitting on a bench and you're watching traffic go by, the traffic's your thoughts. You can choose which one to hop in or not, or you can just choose to sit there and watch them go by. So when you know we're working on you know our breath and focusing on it, whether we're counting in and out or just focusing on it, they teach you uh, to look at your thoughts. If they do come in, just you know, be there with them. It's cool. Let them go by, and then just go back to the breath. It's not about um, you know clearing your mind, which I thought it was before. I get I used to get pissed off because I'm like, 
all right, I've been trying this for a while. I'm focusing on my breath, but I'm still having all these thoughts, and that's creating more thoughts. And now I'm not. I'm, just, I'm like not even here. Like, and um, so it was just it was cool to understand that they're just thoughts, and you know, you can still be in the present moment. You just note them, come back to your breath, and then um, you know that's my that's my biggest personal takeaway and my perspective of it, and that's what's helped me. And I guess the other thing I've learned is just there's no right or wrong way to meditate. Whatever works for you to be in the moment and just to slow things down to feel calm and that works and so you're talking a lot about staying in the here and now and uh, the difficulty of doing that while at the same time a lot of people and we do it all the time with our podcast we're planning for the future um do you have those thoughts do you um have plans for the future and if you do would you like to share some of those yeah no 100 percent. i mean plans are um you know i think very important goals goals are very important i think more importantly to adapt that's that's the, the key, you know, because plans aren't always going to work out the way you want, um, short term or long term. So having a plan set in place is great, but being able to adapt and you know change courses to you know get back on track is uh, I think more important. Mm-hmm. Um, and future plans, like I mentioned, you know, uh, just trying to grow the health coaching and impact more people. Uh, speaking that's very new, and we're working on stuff with that. So we'll just see where that goes. Uh, but more, more recently, or um, yeah, up and coming, is Saturday. I'm leaving for a business trip to Hawaii for the first time. Uh, no bike, just just me and my uh, my clothes and my computer. But uh, I'm going to go out there for a week for like a business retreat of some sort. Um, you know, a partner of mine he runs a business coaching company, and he's having some of his top clients go out there. And um, it's just going to be a week filled of uh, you know him and I personally doing some business development before they get there, and then. Just um, whatever, I don't know, I haven't been to it, so whatever um, they have going on, but just a good networking opportunity and just uh, meet like-minded people that are kind of more of a mentor to me, you know, mm-hmm. much older than I am, doing this stuff for a long time and just, yeah, see what comes with it. But um, yeah, as far as plans go, I'm just I'm just trying to take constant action and communicate with as many people as I can. Um, you know, when you guys hit me up about this, of course, said yes, like I don't, I, uh, I don't shy away from anything. I'm an open book, as you can tell. Mm-hmm. I love to share, and so... Anything and every you know everything. That's what I'm gonna do. Like I said, it comes down to constant action, and I want to get to different places. So to keep doing different things and see where it leads me. Yeah, we're so excited to be part of this process with you and helping us with our process as well. This has been really cool. And uh, I had a question. Of course. Um, what do you think about when uh, you get a notification saying uh, the Back Pocket Podcast wants to come on your show, like or wants you to come on our show? Well, what was your thoughts? I just want to know. <laughs> Oh, I was super excited, man. Like I said, like I anytime someone asks to talk, to ask a question or have me on their, you know, their show, whatever it is, like I get super excited because it's um, you know, social media, man, it's great. Like you can connect with like minded people in anywhere. Like, you know, if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be talking right now. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, you know, have the pleasure of, you know, hearing stories, sharing our, you know, common uh, beliefs and stuff. So I got I get excited, man. Like it takes me a minute sometimes, but I, I make sure I check every comment, every DM I can and just give as much value as I can and so I get I get stoked when I uh, when I saw it and um, we're here now so mm-hmm. I'm even more stoked right on love it should we, uh, should we hit him with our final questions yeah so we got two final questions for you Josh um, the first one is uh, a bar story so this is a story so we're gonna set the scene for you we're podcasters we're good scene setters um, we so imagine yourself you know it's a happy hour four o'clock blowing off steam on a Friday um, you're sitting down, you know, minding your own business, you know, watching maybe the NBA game on or on the TV or something, and a stranger comes up and sits next to you. 
um, like right next to you. And you have to kind of, you have to keep them interested. You have to say something, you know, maybe you say, what's up? How you doing? You get to know each other. Um, maybe a story comes up. What kind of story are you going to tell this person that's kind of about yourself, you know, fun, energetic, but it's like unique enough to keep them in, interested. And it's like a story that really tells um, that person, that stranger, who you are. So um, the story would be, there was this one time I was in Iraq and uh, did backflips on my bike for the troops. And then uh, the next night we were sleeping and they had some of those, um, what do they call the IUDs come over? And the alarms were going off all crazy. I'm on like a second bunk. I had to jump down. They like escorted us into a bunker to protect us. And then, um, yeah, pretty pretty scared to be there. But um, the next day, we went to Saddam's palace and got to hang out and see where they actually dropped the bomb in there and see like the whole facility and stay in his guest palace. And that was pretty pretty crazy. You see like sunken uh, tanks and planes and stuff. Uh, that's for crazy. That, that's a true story. That was yeah. 2011. <laughs> Were you down there for a tournament, or what? What brought you there? Uh, it was like a 12 day tour through Iraq and two or 10 days in Iraq and two days in Kuwait, uh, doing tr- uh, demos for the troops, just specifically or um, yeah, entertainment, just hanging out, sharing stories, just giving them um, a piece of home, if you will. You know, they see the same people, the desert, you know, military every day, and so we get to go there, have some laughs, do some backflips. Um, they get to go on our bikes and everything and just hang out and uh, yeah so it was just fun right on no freaking that's way. a hell of a story that's sick yeah. I like that it's pretty insane to say that like mm-hmm. yeah I've been to Saudi Arabia and Iraq to ride my bike <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is like absolute bananas I, I can't imagine that um, so you went to like the actual place uh, what's that movie it was called uh, Zero Dark Thir- no, no, Zero Dark Thirty Twelve Ot no what was the movie where they assassinated? I think I know what you're talking about. And yeah, we, we were, um, I have like over a thousand photos from that trip of just like in the uh, palace itself. And you can see like the ceiling, like all caved in and still intact of where, you know, they, uh, they set the bomb on and, you know, just being in like his guest palace and everything, like just, it was insane. Like, that, yeah, I mean, that's like literally a part of history, recent history that yeah. not a lot of people can be a part of. So that's like one of the coolest things ever. That's so cool. Yeah, I almost turned that trip down. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you almost just, did, you said. Yeah. I uh, oh. I was trying to weigh it out. I was like, this is a great opportunity. You know, I'm getting paid to go there. When am I ever going to get this chance? But I was like, it's pretty gnarly. I don't know. But then I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's well, good thing you did because that's one to keep in your back pocket for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then our final question would be, that's our favorite question. It's a very in the moment, here in the now type question. What did you learn today from the time that you woke up to when we're enjoying this podcast right now? Um, so like the whole time from waking up to now? Yeah, just, yeah, just, just something you learned today. Yeah, golden nugget, a tidbit that you felt like you learned and you'd like to share with us. This goes back to that meditation stuff that I've been, uh, that, that like patience pack, the meditation app that I've been on. And that's just, uh, you know, what I learned the overall takeaway is that patience is just a byproduct of expectations and, um, it's just a thought and, you know, just like my other beliefs, you know, we can give into it or not. So, um, it's not, not too, not too deep or anything or mm-hmm. too juicy, but that's just uh, one of the biggest things I've learned today. And I think it can be applied to a lot of areas of life and help a lot of people. Awesome. Dude, right on. Why? Wow, that's plain and simple. I love it. It's direct. It's phenomenal. Um, well, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. We really appreciate your story, what, what the stuff you're doing now. That's phenomenal. Um, and yeah, we'll be in touch and I hope uh, have you on at some point again. Yeah. Awesome. Man. I really appreciate the both of your time and for having me on the opportunity. And yeah, of course, let's keep in touch. And mm-hmm. 
Josh Perry, thank you so much for spending time with us. I'm excited about continuing this relationship. Thank you. What a good guy. Uh, his bar story, also, that is, like, so cool. Got to go to, I think it was Iraq. Mm-hmm. Just the coolest thing, being able to put on for the troops. Yeah, I didn't realize that BMX riders do things like that. Like, they're promotional... It's not like a, it's like, you know how the circus goes like a long like yeah. a process. I'm, I'm not considering the BMX a circus, but like that actual process of like going from location to location. Like tour. Yeah. As the entertainers, mm-hmm. not as like a, a sport. Competition. A competition. Yeah, mm-hmm. For sure. We need to, uh, this is perfect. This is going to segment into our new segment on the back end. So we are trying to get all kinds of marketing interns on the back end and this new, oh, sorry. What First, you thank you marketing interns for making it this far. Yeah. Thank you. By the way. Back in, we're at our best usually. Uh, not right now. We're kind of, we're we're on edge right now. We're still kind of hungover, but the back end's great. And we have a what do we learn in a feel good story typically? But now we're adding new segments in, and we're gonna trickle this new one in. It's called uh, it's called sneaky secrets. I want to I want to call it sne- sneaky secrets. What do you want to call it? Hey, this is a sneaky secret to me. I don't I didn't get this far down on the content sheet. Um, so let's roll through it. Okay. So you were just shocked. I surprised you, but here we go. Um, here's a sneaky secret that we need to do is X Games is coming up, uh, which is, I'm trying to think, it's like middle of June or July, middle of July, yep. and we should hit Josh up to get one of his buddies, because he's got buddies that are competing in the X Games, and it's the Summer X Games, so he'll have people that are coming here. We should definitely hit him up and have him like us up with someone to do an interview with someone when they're here okay. and competing. Absolutely. And maybe we can go to the next game party. That would be a dream come true promote the podcast yeah so anyways the sneaky secrets is exactly what andrew and i just did there is just basically have an off-air conversation on air and it's pretty much stuff that we want to start doing more with the podcast just like ideas um, business plans um, pyramid schemes any of those sort of things uh we'll start talking about that obviously i'm going to talk about a think tank well it's just going to be like a brain dumper think tank that's exactly some average ideas stuff like that yeah something and like and we would love to hear your feedback too for the marketing interns that make it this far like you guys care the most obviously Mm -hmm. and we know that and we want you guys to give us feedback on our ideas okay so we'll we'll maneuver those and we'll get them we'll put them in the right spot sneaky secrets i love that that's a cool little segment we got going sneaky secrets in your back pocket (laughs) perfect perfect how do we usually do it? How do we always do it? Two segments. What did you learn in a feel-good story? And Declan, I'd love for you to start off and give our marketing interns a little knowledge. All right. So I got made fun of this for the other day, but there's a royal wedding going on. And I really didn't know why, or I did some digging. And it's Harry is getting married to this girl named Megan, I think. And I don't, Harry hadn't been getting married. He has been kind of a... He just refusing to get married, I guess. Um, after the the first guy got married, his brother, forget his name, but he married uh, a girl, and they like went to college or together, and they were like sweethearts, and then they ended up. She, anyways, I learned about the royal wedding and like why it's a big deal because they're the royal family in Britain is like a big deal, and Harry's getting married, so that's what I learned. Okay, I just I'm still kind of like a dumb brain on this, like I don't understand it. Like, why it's big, but okay, so I'm still digging. The queen, Elizabeth, yep. has been queen for since, like, the 40s. So she's been, because she's her, been around for a while. Her dad, or whoever was before her, mm-hmm. passed away relatively young, and she was, like, 20 or something when she became queen. So oh, she's really? been queen for ever, and she's very healthy still, yeah. even though her however old she is. And so her son, 
who's supposed to be king is like he's like 60 or 65 70 years old right so he's like i haven't been king yet i was expecting to be king earlier a while thinking ago. my mom was gonna pass away right um but she's doing super well still and then his two sons one of them is harry, harry. and the other one is this is that who's getting married? No, no, no. Harry's the one getting married to Meghan And then now. who's the other one? The one before, I can't remember his name. He's like Let's, balding. Yeah, Henry maybe. Henry. Prince Henry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So those are the guys that are next in line, I believe. Something like that. I'm not, correct. I, mean, I could be wrong. Marketing interns, please correct me. I'm I'm trying my best here, but I'm not a history major. Yeah, but I, for some reason, that this royal wedding is like bigger than most for some reason. Okay. Like, this one is a big deal. Sweet. So, yeah. That ha- it already happened, or is it happening right now? Uh... Is this the bachelor? Is the bachelor party going? Do we get a live stream footage of the bachelor party? Yeah, I think I think it's going on like, Facebook right now. Live. You think? Yeah, okay. Facebook Live. They probably Facebook Live did. I think it was like at three a.m. or something because time zones, right? Mm. So yeah, that's that's what I learned though. What did you learn? Um, I learned today that uh, my wittiness. I, I consider myself pretty witty. I can think on the top, quick on my feet, and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, with what happened last night and where my head is at right now, I realized I am not witty when I am hungover. I, I'm reaching for words. I'm reaching for, you know, that connect, that overall connection to a message and making it pretty cool and sound like I know what I'm talking about. But now people can see the true colors. And they see us, and that's what our podcast is all about, mm-hmm. is you guys get to know us, learn about us. Do we and, need to make it explicit? Because um, we're talking about drink, like yeah, 21 ooh, and over. 21 and over. Mm-hmm. There's something to think about. I, I knew you were super hungover the second uh, we started this podcast, and you go, Welcome to Podcast 50. It's a big number. I was like, yeah, no shit. (laughs) That's what you came up with. I was reaching for like half a quarter century, whatever, you know, like the number, like half a century. Yeah, what did I say at the end? Five decades. Yeah, five decades. But that's that's based on years, not not a number of podcasts. And I was going to throw out like uh, Larry Foote. Number because that's fifty is Larry like Foot was the uh, inside linebacker for the Steelers. He wore right. fifty. Brian Urlacher. No, fifty two. I oh, think. Sure, fifty four. Um, Danny Trevathan. Uh, I don't know. Okay, I'm looking at behind us. But podcast fifty. I'm I'm super proud of us. Halfway to a hundred. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And that, yeah, I, I think fifty is a huge landmark. We didn't really make a big deal about it because frankly, it is not a big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're just gonna keep coming out with more episodes, more opportunity to work. Great, great thing to learn, though, Andrew. Good work. Mm-hmm. Uh, transitioning to our final segment of the day, before we send you guys off, before we get we send you guys on the road, we got to mention our our good friend, like we had mentioned earlier with producers, Greg, our what fifth fifth string? Yeah, I'm somewhere we'll call, that, yeah. yeah, fifth string producer Greg. He uh, we graduated with us yesterday. He walked and he hit the road. He's in he's going on. He's probably like halfway to Colorado right now. Yep. Crazy. Sad day. I lived with that man for four years. He was my roommate freshman year, and then four roommate, th- one of three roommates sophomore year, and then one of four roommates my junior and senior year. And I, I'm gonna miss him. Yeah, I'm gonna he's miss right him. He's right there, too. man. Yeah, he's right here. Greg, good work. Bye, Greg. Bye, Greg. I miss his hair too, dude. He had long ass hair. That was sweet. We love you, Greg. Yeah, we love you, Greg, and uh, we love the marketing interns. I don't know how to spin that into like a. I, well, I guess well, here's what Greg's doing. Greg, Greg is pursuing his a dreaming. He's his dreams in accounting, and he's going to be in Leadville, Colorado, by himself all summer. And I t- said, Greg, you need to buy a camera and just capture the beauty, man. Ghost cat, got to do it. And Greg is doing something that he want. He he's just going rogue, man. Going by himself. Um, he's he's going to grow. And he's going to grow. Good point. He's going to grow, and we just want all our marketing interns this week to grow, learn a little more, 
be interested, be educated, be curious, always be curious. And uh, I hope you guys had a great podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Who do we got next week? Greg? Greg Wood? Greg Wood, phenomenal guest. See you then. Podcast 51. Take care. Love you. Take care. Take care.